Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Right. Right Drop then. That in again. That didn't catch on the other week, but I thought I'd bring it back. Uh, it's the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. I think we should pick things up a little bit with this Odyssey. It seems to be fucking trailing a little bit. We need to rattle through it, I think, a bit more. But um, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. First of all, before we go anywhere, we've got an email from um, a fellow called Mark who says, Evening, gents. Well, it was evening when you sent the email. It's not evening now. Um... Something a bit more generic would have been better. All right, hello, hi, greetings. Do you remember Joey Boswell on Bread used to say that all the time when he came out of the room, didn't he? Greetings. Greetings. It's because he had um, delusions, didn't he, Joey Boswell? Massive delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Yeah. He used to carry a briefcase around with him as well, didn't he? Or was that the other cunt? No, that that was was another cunt. Adrian. Adrian. They were all deluded. It was a deluded family. Yeah, it was. Um, but you know though. Jean Bahot, who played yes. Mar Boswell, she yeah. for many years lived in Barnes near me in a really like one of the most famous houses in in the in the area. Okay. Um, and when we were kids, like because it was quite near where I went to school, if we had mm. to go past it or anything, people would be like, "Look, Jean Bahot's place, mate." Nellie Boswell. Yeah. It was like legendary. Barnes legend. Now it's Lineker, what of course. Was, but then, well, did, yeah, did she sort of move move among the community? Let's see. Was she? A, I think so. Member? I mean, I didn't spend much time in Barnes when I was younger because it was not not very near to where I live. But I do know people who did live there in the day, and they spoke mm-hmm. of her as if she was a local dignitary. Okay, that's good. I wonder if she wore uh, chains like a mayoress around her neck, self-appointed mayoress. That would have mm. been good. Yeah. But um, who knows? If you've got, if you grew up in Barnes, and have experienced Jean Bohot or Nelly Boswell in the in the wild, then uh, get in touch. Let us know. Um, greetings. Yeah, uh, Mark says I've been particularly enjoying your yesterday's hero Odyssey lately. Thank you very much, Mark. It reminded me that my mum once said she'd appeared as an extra in it. Wow. wow! Courtesy of your YouTube channel, which you should mention, is where you can see the whole of yesterday's hero, probably illegally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I finally got around to watching it, spotting my mum's brief appearance behind Suzanne Summers at the 40-minute mark. See, attached photo. I'm looking at the attached photo. And, yeah, is it, is it seems his, to Is be... his mum fit? Does his mum look quite uh, fit? Quite hard to tell. She's getting, Suzanne Summers takes centre stage in the frame and mum is just kind of behind his, her I shoulder. I reckon his mum must have been quite fit. It's a football crowd scene. Well, yeah, it's a football crowd scene and our mum's got a fist in the air as if to cheer something that's happened. Mm. Um, there we go. Let's just Reasonably hope it being, it, it being the late 70s and, you know, we know what football fans, football crowds were like in that time. Sort of a heyday for mm. hooliganism and yeah. some, some pretty unsavoury, problematic attitudes towards mm. minorities and so forth. And I just hope that she wasn't, in the interest of authenticity, that this bloke's mum wasn't in that shot as she waves her fist, shouting racial or homophobic invective, because that would be horrible. Mm. Even even if you're being paid for it and it's in the interest of, like, drama, no. Yeah. I'm not seeing that, because she seems to be smiling. So she, there's no aggression well. on her face at all. So that's good. Um, and then on the other side, next to Clint Simon, there is a black man. So I think right. they've they've made an attempt to inc- be as inclusive as they can with this Good. scene. Um, and this, I th- imagine this will be the um, probably the director's box because you've got Clint Simon and Cloudy Martin. Oh, there so she might be a dignitary. So she might be. She might be like the uh, yesterday's hero equivalent of Jean Bort, mm. um, self-appointed dignitary. Um, yeah, see attached photo. My mum was shocked but chuffed when I told her the film was being covered in one of my favourite podcasts. Probably confused as well, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, what is a podcast, Jilla said. Uh, unfortunately, she's got no real anecdotes from her brief time on set other than Paul Nicholas was a classic hello darlings type thesp. That's yeah, good. Wouldn't want it any other way. And Oscar Lerman was very charming and surprisingly down to earth. So, uh, who's Oscar Lerman when he's at home? Was he the director? Oh, no, I've just, I've just Googled him. Oscar Lerman was uh, a theatre and film producer and the second husband of Jackie Collins. Whoa, so he <clears> produced so, it. I guess he will have done. He put the project together. Yeah, yeah, producer, uh, filmography. He's got a very, very brief filmography as producer. It's simply 1978, The Stud. Which of course Jackie really? Collins wrote, yeah. and Joan starred in, didn't she? Uh, 1979, The World Is Full of Married Men, and then The Bitch, which was the follow-up <laughs> to The Stud. I've got this film right; it's called The Bitch. <laughs> Everyone's gonna fucking love it. Jackie's written it. It's like The Stud, but but it's about fucking... a bird. This time, a, a bird takes the lead. Yeah, so we thought, well. People love the stud. What's the female What's equivalent? What's the opposite of a stud? The it's bitch. A bitch. Uh, and if we if this does well at the box office, I'm already working yeah. on the third, which is called the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm looking at the uh, the film poster of the bitch, which has got Joan Collins in a big fur coat, which has been opened, and she seems to be wearing a basque and stockings and suspenders. Oh, oh that's very very arousing. Not that I'm triggerable at all, because you know we've discussed this before. But if I was, I'd be triggered by that. So then he Talking did about uh, not being triggerable. I had an argument, not an argument, but, um, more a discussion with my good wife, 
in which I don't, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but interesting thing about me is I don't wank. Can't be bothered. <laughs> Cannot be bothered, mate. Haven't something that I lost interest in years ago. Mm. Uh, I have I have sex when I am mm-hmm. permitted to, um, possible, and, yeah. and I enjoy it as much as ever. I'm not going to lie, but if anything, I just sort of think, well, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm you know that's the real yeah, deal. That'll do. I me. don't. Yeah, yeah, of course. exactly. That'll do. Like for me, that's like it, that's that's like a a proper meal. <laughs> yeah. And wanking is just like artificial. It's like methadone to heroin. And it's just like, yeah, I used to do it, but now I'm just like not interested. Because the other thing about me is, and, and by the way, I'm not, don't, I think this probably makes me a bit weird because I sometimes tell my mates and they're just like, oh, fuck off, like weirdo, like that, right? And that's fine. That's fine. I don't think this makes me superior. And what I definitely am not doing is judging anyone who mm. does wank. I think fucking go for it. Wank more. It's good. It's good for your mental health. It's really underrated as a as a form of mental health and self-care treatment. <laughs> pressure, right? pressure release. <laughs> I'm not joking. A therapist said that to me. Yeah, once. So that, I'm, I'm sure wank. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that that's fine. For me, not, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea anymore. And I tell you, back in the day, I was up there with the best of them, you know. Oh, relentless. yeah, I imagine. But mm. my wife sort of took the piss out of me for my claim the other day. She, said, oh, don't, she was like, like winding me up. She said, oh, don't let me hear all this sort of, oh, I don't wank stuff, right? And I said, I fucking don't. Why would I lie to you? I can't be... I said, there's a variety of reasons. One is, I just can't be bothered. Yeah. I said, yeah, I've got enough on my fucking plate without finding time day. Because I said, when you're a younger man, suddenly you'll, get, you'll just suddenly find yourself for no reason, like nothing's happened. Bang, you've got yeah. hard on it's the middle yeah. of the day. You used to have them when yeah. I was at work, right? And you're like, oh, fuck, what am I supposed to do with this? And I said to him, really, you sort of have to have a wank just to get rid of it, right? Just knock one out, I said, out, now, yeah, that, quickly. Yeah. that doesn't really happen to me so much anymore. Not true. And so, yeah, and so I don't have to do it. And so, in a way, it would be like, I have to set time aside and, like, organise it. It's like baking mm. a cake or something. You've got to clear the kitchen mm. surfaces, Get out mm. all the ingredients. Prepare your ingredients and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's get, a lot get, of effort get the goes into book it. Out. <laughs> you know, when you're in your mid forties, yeah. it's just sort of like, oh fucking hell. And it's like I don't find the time. There's, the house is always crowded. There's not, you know, I don't live in a big house. Mm. So where and when would I do it anyway? But even if I do get some time, like, it's just not worth the fuss. But she wasn't having it, and I'm like going to her. I'm not. I wouldn't lie. She went, I don't care anyway. Mm. I said, oh, I, know, I don't suppose you do. I'm not saying that you. it's an issue. I'm just telling you because mm. I thought, yeah, I'm just, I said to her, I'm just making conversation. Yeah, just filling the, fill the silence. Just, but, I mean, it's probably good because then if you said that you did, she'd then want to know what your stimuli is. Exactly. And exactly. then you're a, it's a whole can of worms there. Fucking exactly. And, and, and another thing that I don't judge other people for doing, and I think I'm the weird of not doing it, is that I'm not interested at all with pornography. I actually find it a bit off-putting, right? I don't like it. Yeah. Again, when I was younger, I suppose the curiosity of it, you're like, oh, yeah, wow. But like, it's not something that I, that I choose to seek out. I know that I'm making myself sound like some fucking super weird Christian here, right? But it's just for me. Nothing no, weird about Christianity, Sam. Nothing weird about not, Christianity. Not for me. 
right? And if my mm. old mate, the Archbishop of Banterbury, is listening, apologies. There isn't mm. anything wrong with Christian, but you get what I mean, don't you, Bish? Right, but um, yeah, not into it. So then it's like, well, mm. then you have to go into your mental Rolodex, and if anything, your wife's going to be more annoyed by that. She'd be happier yeah, if you're yeah. just looking at an anonymous porn star. Yeah, but exactly. if you're going into a mental Rolodex, that's... You really like that, yeah, and that's not good for my mental health either. I don't want to be. Mm. The other night, um, a girl from my past, from um, from school, girl I had a, mm. like, I had a number of crushes at school, like, I know everyone does, but right. I was thinking about the other day, I was thinking, I reckon I have more very big debilitating crushes than, than the average bloke, right? Yeah. When That's I was the thing school. about you, you feel, you feel too much, I think. I do, anything. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm emotionally highly strung, right? Yeah. And uh, this, this, there was one girl who probably was my first massive one, and I, I never really lost it, because the thing was, she was from the year above me, and I was on a like a school trip to Germany and I was only 12 and she must have been 13, 14 and she showed me a lot of attention and I was like, fucking hell. And I was just hooked by that. I was uh, mm. I was hooked on attention, really, Andy. I mean, a glamorous girl from the year think, above yeah. who everyone, yeah. she was sort of a popular girl who everyone, you know, liked and everyone fancied. And suddenly she's like singled me out to sort of hang out with on this Germany trip. Anyway, I thought that was buried in the past, mate. I hadn't thought about it for years. Bang! She came into my dream. Wasn't sexual. I must stress that. Mm. Wasn't sexual at all. It was just I'd bumped into her after all these years and we were talking over old times. But then it fucking, the dream lived on with me for about 48 hours and was doing my fucking nutting. And, Mm. you know, I don't need that stress in my life. I'm trying to live the just just rest simple lifestyle. I don't need dreams about girls I had crushes on when I was 12. Can I just WhatsApp you the picture of the John Collins uh, poster for the bitch? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I've done it now. Is this to, to put my it. claims of not being triggerable to the test? Just All right, t- I'm just, triggered. Just, 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 t- just tell me what you think when you see it. I'm I'm fully triggered. Fully, fully triggered. triggered. Yeah, completely. And that right. is a poster that I would love to own. <laughs> it's available. Not just not just because of her sexiness but it's everything about the design of it like that logo the bitch is brilliant it's fantastic, isn't it fantastic isn't it yeah it's fantastic I've never seen that font before mate I mean the font's <laughs> almost as sexy as the image <laughs> yeah oh 49 pounds it's been folded up a few times but it's 49 pounds on, it on the uh, on the internet uh, yeah there you go um how did we get to this? Oh, yeah, it was the Yesterday's Hero producer's yeah. CV. And then his fourth film was Yesterday's Hero, and then he didn't do now else after that. I think he died. I think he Why died bother? shortly afterwards. If I'd made Yesterday's yeah, exactly. Hero the bitch and the stud, I'd retire. Or, of course or you die. Would. I'd be like, right, I'm going to die now, because anything that happens after this in my life will seem like a fucking terrible disappointment. <laughs> going to be a letdown, isn't it? Yeah. So there we are. Oscar, Oscar Lerman. Um, and he died. Oh, he died in '92, but uh, he was the co-founder of Tramp Nightclub as well. Oh my god, this oh. guy! We should make a fucking. I tell you what, we should make a fucking biopic about him. He married <laughs> Jackie Collins, right? He made a well, bunch of the, films with her daughter, with her sister in. in, in before that, in the '50s, he was a Broadway theatre producer in New York. Oh my god, this then bloke he is married fucking Jackie sensational. Collins. In then he opened Tramps, persuaded. and Tramps is one of the most legendary nightclubs ever, really, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it like yeah, where like course. Rod Stewart used to hang out and all it's that stuff? It's where that all went on, yeah. The opening yeah. night, it says, was attended by John and Jackie Collins, Michael Caine, Roger Moore, and Natalie Wood. 
and then he produced them films, and then he died. I wonder um, if there's a documentary about Tramps, because there's been so many made about Studio 54 and the Hacienda. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I can't, I, w- I wouldn't be able to bear seeing another thing about either of those places. I mean, as much <laughs> as I love... It's one of those things, it's like when we talked about punk or rave documentaries, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I love all the Studio 54 thing. I love the music. Yeah. I love all the people who went there. I love the fashion, all of that stuff, right? I love that scene. Please don't make me ever sit through another Studio 54 documentary. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. punk as well, you know, love a lot of the punk music, love what it stood for, love the spirit, really interested in the cultural history of all that. Never, ever make me watch another punk documentary. Late Never 70s. let me see a talking head going, well, you've got to understand, you know, in the 70s, everyone was unemployed and there was rubbish piling everyone up on the street. strike. Then all, <laughs> then all of a sudden, bang, out of nowhere, punk happens. And we're all like, oh, hello. This could be something I could get behind. And suddenly anyone who who had a guitar could pick it up and be a pop star the next day. Yeah, all right, mate. Jalapeño. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details jalapeño the blitzed documentary on sky arts i think it was a couple of weeks ago about the whole new romantic scene in london and the blitz nightclub and everything i watched that and it was almost frame for frame exactly the same as the one the BBC did in 2001 that was recently mm. repeated on BBC four. So you had the same faces saying the same things, but 20 years older than I'd well, watched I'd them last what, month. I, think, I, I tell you what I think part of it is, is the way that history works is quite interesting. And for fans of history, listen to our history box shows. Uh, Cause we are also part-time historians, but mm. the, the way history works is, is that you pick up the set, you experience something you kind of process it, but usually don't. You just move on to the next thing, right? Then your idea about the narrative that surrounds it is established by you hearing other people talk about it, right? So let's just yeah. say you were on the punk scene, right? You were a kid who went to punk gigs or whatever, or maybe you're in a band, and then you've just moved on, got on with your life. Loads of things have happened since then. 20 years later, you sit down, you watch a documentary, and Janet Street Porter pops up, and she says something like, 
we got to understand in the seventies there wasn't much for young people to do, and all the all the prog rock stuff just seemed so remote from us. And then all of a sudden the Sex Pistols turned up and changed everything, right? And you're like, okay, she said that, someone said it, and then the next one think that sounds good. So when someone asks them, they're not plagiarising, but they just sort of have that planted in their subconscious and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, punk happened because of unemployment, right? Danny Baker, who I know you're a massive fan of as well, in his book, and obviously he was quite a big figure in the punk scene, he's the best one about it because he actually says, yeah, all that stuff that people say is bollocks. We just, like, went along, there was some bands, we went to see them, and then the next thing happened. I mean, you know, (laughs) you can't read too much into it. That's all sort of applied after the fact sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with rave music and all the rest of it. And we're just, you know, it's probably like us with Euro 96. The punk thing only really happened for about nine months, and then Mm. it kind of, it grew in in the provinces, and then people started getting more heekins and safety pins through their noses, but that wasn't what the original punks were about. They were a bit more flamboyant than that, and it then became, um, I don't know, soured a bit by people going to gigs and spitting everywhere and attacking people with bike chains and all that sort of thing, whereas originally it wasn't a massively violent thing. I saw uh, what I think was regarded as like the first sort of mini doc about punk in in the UK, and it was from the, a doc, an art show in the seventies. And Janet Streetport was just one of the reporters, and they go a new. It's one of those things where they go a new craze is broken out amongst urban youth. It's called punk music. It's come from New York City, and it's growing a big following here. Our reporter Janet Streetporter went to find out more. Right, and <laughs> Janet Street Porter, I think I've told you this before, she walks into the nightclub. No, no she walks into a gig. She goes, I'll tell you, Street Porter, I've been hearing all about punk, so I decided to go down and find out what it's all about. Right? <laughs> she walks into this club. She's dressed normally. She's got her big fucking glasses on, right? She is wearing a big baggy T-shirt, and on that T-shirt is the word emblazoned punk. <laughs> it's like an undercover cop trying to fit in in a nightclub in an acid rave they've gone along to the rave and like, I'm going to go undercover and they're just wearing a they're just wearing a t-shirt that says acid house rave on it <laughs> yeah. so well, how am I going to dress I want to be accepted I'll probably just get a t-shirt with the word written on it then everyone will think I'm one of them lovely stuff Right, where are we? Uh, so, was that email finished yet? I'm not sure. Where has it gone? Yeah, oh, Oscar Lerman is, was very charming and surprisingly down to earth. Uh, and that's it from Mark. Thank you very much, Mark. So, we're, uh, we're almost at the end of this episode, but we'll do a little bit of yesterday's <laughs> hero, I guess. Uh, where are we up to? Where's my notes? Yeah, Rod Turner has just been to Paris. Um, um, On the plane, no, we discover that he, he him and... Oh, oh yeah, we, no, he goes to see the, his mate, doesn't he? who's in America yeah. to see if he can get him a job yeah. in America. Yeah. First of all, he, he, there's a very brief scene with Mac, who's his former club manager who just got the sack in the working men's club. Mm. Uh, and he just says, uh, what about Paris? Are you going? And Rod says, better than sitting around here, isn't it? And then asks <laughs> Mac to take the boys from the, the boys' home uh, for some practice. And then, yeah, then Rod goes off to meet Georgie Moore, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure who Georgie Moore is. Was he a former they player They don't really or say, or? but they're talking about him as if they both know him. You get the impression that he is an ex-pro from the UK who's gone and yeah. made it big at the Burge- yes. in the burgeoning sort of American soccer league. Yeah. 
So he goes to this posh hotel to meet Georgie Moore, who's played by Alan Lake, who was Diana Dawes's husband at the time. So, uh, what a line there a, is in this film. He's a great actor, Alan Lake. He's been in a few things in the 70s and he's always a little bit unhinged in kind of mm. everything he does. Um, so Rod's gone up to the hotel room and he's waiting outside the door to be to be let in. And there's a fucking lovely little bit where you've got this uh, Arab sheikh walks past. It could be Terry McDermott dressed up. I don't know. <laughs> and there's, there's uh, Arab right, sheikh. Rod. Hey, not as good as a wink, son. <laughs> And he's got he's got these big sunglasses on, and he's wearing the full robes and everything. And he's flanked by two glamorous women on each arm, yeah. and uh, they they just walk along the corridor. And one of them whispers to the other, "It's Rod Turner." <laughs> <laughs> so Rod is obviously still a big deal because these yeah. glamorous women have recognised him. So uh, the door of the hotel room is opened by Candy, who is Georgie Moore's. Um, don't know. Assistant, uh, sidekick, compadre, not sure, squeeze, whatever you want to call her. Um, and uh, in he goes. Uh, Georgie's on the phone. Uh, and Rod says, Georgie. And Georgie says, uh, the very same. Who did you expect, president? <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish banter. Yeah, really bad, really bad. Mark that down as like we all know someone um, who who sort of a, a self-described, self-proclaimed larger-than-life characters, and yeah, yeah. like, and, and I know a few different people who are like this. And what they've decided is, at an early age, they've decided I'm going to be a guy who's always being a laugh, right? Always yeah. being funny and has got great yeah. one-liners. Anyone who says they're into one-liners. You've got this alarm bells, right? And so what they say is they just say sort of anything, but in a kind of a crazy, excitable voice, and they think that that can pass it off as being genuinely entertaining. Who is Fred the president? What? What the fuck? Yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> you make no sense. Okay, right. Let's get down to business. They can get by just by that the, the over enthusiasm of all of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, George is talking about his American shit that he's got going on, and he says, moving to America was the best friggin' thing I did. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, Rod's there with a look on his face. He's like, yeah, fucking, I can't right. believe I'm having yeah. to demean myself by conversing with this fucking renowned cunt. <laughs> yeah. Try In and his get fucking some hotel suite with these Dorises. Yeah, and Rod says, uh, well, I was thinking of going to the States myself. And Georgie said, Georgie tells uh, Rod, uh, you could have the Empire State if you were 10 years younger. I mean, again, that's, that's what, what? what? You yeah. could have the Empire State what if you were 10 you years younger. What are you talking about? Why would you want the Empire just, State? It's just fucking admin. tell me. Tell me yeah. if you can Is get there me a some job? work. Yeah. Yeah. What's your objective? Exactly. Uh, just hit him straight with a what's your objective. And Georgie says that he'll, he'll check to see if one of the, the coastal teams needs a coach. So, I mean, that would be lovely for Rod. That would be just what Rod needs. Oh, a coastal team, yeah. A lovely coastal stuff. team, the beach. I wouldn't mind coaching out in California. Ever thought about doing any yeah. football coaching with your lad or anything, Andy? Like what, me? Um, in America? Yeah, th- no, just anywhere. The thought crossed my mind recently because Len's not really enjoying his football-like club. Because mm. he doesn't get on with the coach. I think the coach is nice, but he's just you know Len doesn't like it. Doesn't really get on with him, and uh, so he wants he wants to quit, and I don't want him to mm. quit. 
but where do you, how far do you push it if he's not enjoying mm. it? So I said, well, maybe I could set something up with you and your mates and we'll enter a five-a-side tournament or something. Yeah. But now, yeah. And he said, yeah, it could be good. But now I'm thinking, oh, logistically, this could be a nightmare, yeah. couldn't it? Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. No, it's not something that appeals to me, to be honest. Um, you my boy's whistle, not, that, not that not that into playing football so much anymore. I mean, who is? Because yeah. you can't go out much, can you? We've all been isolated nah. for so long. I play in the garden um, with Len a lot, but he, he, yeah. I think he sees himself as a freestyler. And the moment right. anyone tries to coach him, because it's the same with me, if I say, oh, you should kick the ball more like this, mate, or something, he just becomes mm. furious. Like, mm. he's just not interested in being coached. I think that's the right. issue. He's, you, you can't cage this bird. Is that what he's trying to He's a free spirit. Yeah, he's a free spirit. And he also says that he's going to one day win the Ballon d'Or. And I keep saying, well... That's a great ambition, but you're going to have to be coached a little mm. bit. It's not just going to happen. He goes, no, don't worry about that. I can coach myself. What, in our little fucking yeah. back garden? With those goals we bought from Argos? You must be fucking mental, mate. Ballon d'Or? You fucking sure, son. The Ballon d'Or. I mean, maybe you might get good enough to fucking turn out for some shitty fucking Sunday league. Maybe. <laughs> but you're, you reckon he reckons he's going to play for Paris Saint-Germain, right? Because his hero's fucking Mbappe, isn't it? And I'm like, are you yeah. fucking sure, son? Just from fucking... Those goals we got from Arcos are falling to pieces, right? And they're literally mm. three foot by two foot or something like that. And you yeah. you, you running around and just fucking smashing the ball into the back of the net from three yards <laughs> over and over again, that's not going to win you a fucking Ballon d'Or, mate. I know. I've been around. I've been. I've seen enough football in my time. I know I've what it takes. <laughs> I worked at Tour Sport. I fucking watched Dimitri Payet for all season. He got a nomination. He didn't even win. And he was a fucking hell of a player, mate. I used to be mates with Ray Wilkins. <laughs> and the crab, they called him. But that was very cruel. He had a lot more than that in his locker. He more to him than that, yeah. Very cerebral player. Uh, I've worked yeah. with Les Ferdinand, you cunt. Dad, why are you calling me a cunt? Well, I'm just trying to hammer my point home. It's a brutal world out there. The world of football's brutal. You need to learn. Right, come on, you. you can't We're going over to Loftus Road to see if I can get fucking Les Ferdinand to talk some fucking sense into you. He might stick his head out the window and tell you to book your ideas up, you cunt. <laughs> and he's got a fucking helicopter. So, you, you know, he's not fucking mucking about, is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my boy's not that into it. He's more into he's more into kind of developing a podcast empire now. I think that's really good. These various projects that he's got on the go. I think the the creators shall inherit the earth, mate. So if if your lad is is really into being a creator, that's a great thing. Well, that's what I told him. Because there'll be no jobs. All the normal jobs will be done by robots by the time he leaves school. So if you can create stuff and make money from that, then your life's fucking sorted. He's he's got the podcast. He's got this. Instagram account that he runs with a few other pals that he's got and they do mm. like football news and they, they knock out about eight posts every day on Instagram of all the, all the football news. But, they, but they, they've got this fucking app and they, um, they do like, they put together graphics on this app and different oh, fonts wow. and they, it cuts and pastes photos into it. It's what? just fucking Canva? incredible. What is it, Canva or is it something more sophisticated than that? Don't know. I don't know what the fuck it's called. He won't but tell you, will he? We want to be doing that, mate. He, he, he told me, but I was not bothered. But he's done a deal. He's done a deal with the makers of the app. Um, no. They've, um, it's supposed to be free for three months, I think, and then you've got to pay eight quid a month to use the app. 
and he's messaged right. the fuckers that do this app, and he says, if I um, do you a, a name check once a month on our account, can I have it for free? And they went, yeah. <gasps> he's done a deal. Are you going to fucking plug this account or what? I forgot what it's called. I think it's European oh. underscore football, something like that. But uh, This is fucking brilliant, mate. Yeah, and he's doing deals and shit. Hang on, I hope you've got find a fucking stake called. in this. Can't you be chairman? Where is it? Oh, I can't find it. You might have deleted it. Um, uh, well, you know, I'll help any way I can. And then if I can get something out of the back end of it, then all the better. Uh, yeah. Who am I following? Who am I following? Where is it? Um, oh, I can't find it. Oh, I wonder if it's gone tits up in the last few days. Because he hasn't been talking about it for a while. Maybe there's been creative. Oh. The only problem is when you're doing it with a bunch of mates, there's a lot of uh, things that can go wrong because there can be lots That's of politics and falling out. That's what I said. It only takes one cunt to um, act the cunt and spoil it. Also, you can oh, get creative differences. Like I was doing something last year with uh, my brother and a really good mate, and we're you know we're really mm. all kind of really good mates, but. The thing is, a lot of it, when you're doing... It's not like when you're working on a magazine or a radio station where you kind of... Everyone bends to the, 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 the general voice or tone of that entity. When you're yeah. doing things yourself... And if they don't, if they don't, if they, for example, do a show that's all about whether Paul Scholes is better than Reg Varney, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. they show you the door. So, yeah. yeah. But you, people only do things like that when they've worked out a system to get paid more money by just sitting at home. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> But when you're in the creator, when you're in the, the, you know, when you're creating shit, you kind of, Mm. the whole incentive is, half the incentive is that you just haven't, you don't have to fucking compromise to anyone. But if you've got eight people, if you've got different people with different points of view, then it's really hard to find something consistent. Yeah. I mean, imagine if we had six other cunts joining us on this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Two's enough. Who would they Um, be? Well, I don't know. I can't find I'll his account. Oh, I think it. I think it might have gone tits up. Oh, that's bad. I'll have to uh, make some inquiries. There it is. There it is. Um, yeah, this page isn't available. Oh shit. Oh no. Oh Maybe no. Maybe he sold it be... to Apple or Spotify. He's kept that to himself as well. Oh, I'll have to have a word later on. Anyway, no. that's it from this episode. We've done that's a, a mini drama all in one. That whole story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's it from this one. Uh, we'll leave it because uh, uh, Rod's about to get on a plane to go to Paris with Clint Simon and Cloudy Martin. So that needs to be looked at in full. We'll do that in the next episode. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Paris is inside all of our hearts. Paris in spring. How wonderful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.